step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Man at Arms, and you are listening to the Masters of Grayskull. I am Adam, Prince of Eternia, defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous. Hello, this is Optimus Solo, and welcome to the 122nd chapter in our Powers of Skull series. Yeah, you thought you were done with us. You can't get rid of us that easy. With me for this journey into the Masters of the Universe franchise is TFG and Mike. Hello. Hello. Oh, if they the plans I have, ladies and gentlemen, you'll find out much later than this podcast episode. Dun, dun, dun. So, sir, are you ready? Somehow, we're, we still, we're going to return to Eternia? Yeah, we are, sort of. In this episode of Masters of Grayskull, we'll be giving you our thoughts on the unaired episode that got turned into a comic book, and that mm-hmm. is called Captured, basically episode 40 called Captured. Um, and this is a comic book that was created, um, illustrated by Emiliano Santalucia, um, and involves Cobra Khan and Skeletor and kind of how they're interacting and deals with King Hiss and all kinds of other stuff. So um, I know you're more of the comic expert out of the two of us. So, uh, how, what ladies, do you and gentlemen, of- it, ladies and gentlemen, it is so crazy. Every time I ask him to do some sort of Masters of the Universe or Back to the Future or something, I know he's going to at least a franchise that I know he's like, I would never ask Optimus Solo to sit here and review Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Power Rangers with me because I know he doesn't like Power Rangers. So I'd have to get somebody else for that. But screenplay originally, obviously done by the late great Dean Steffen. The comic adaptation script was done by Ryan Foley. As you already mentioned, the illustrator, the colorist was Val Staples. Most of you probably know who Val is. Val has had a storied comic book career working on various comics. He is also the head guy over at He-Man.org. I'm hoping to get Val on the show at some point here in the future. What were you going to say? He-Man's grabbing a snake, and it's like multiple snake heads, but there's like one, two, three, four, five, six. I don't know what character this is that he's grabbing, but there's (laughs) more involved than any character ever had but i do like the art on this uh comic i think it's very 
Again, I especially like how they do Skeletor. Um, I think that's well done. I think the artwork on uh, Tila is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Arms is pretty good. Um, I always find that no matter what people do with He-Man or Prince Adam, that it's always comes across almost as inconsistent to me. Mm-hmm. Um, almost in the same way as like what well, in the pull bag when we talked about Marty McFly, I think it was, um, uh-huh. and kind of how. Like I feel like even just throughout this comic, like Prince Adam and He Man changes a look a tiny bit here and there, but that is like the most major nitpick. I guess more like a minor nitpick that you can possibly come up with because I think from an illustration point, everything else is great. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The art is amazing in this. I'm not so sold on the story. Maybe it's because it's only a 22 page comic. Maybe right. it's because it's because they're adapting a script that was supposed to be a 22 minute episode. Right. Maybe if this had gotten more, maybe if this had gotten more issues to, to say, okay, we're done with the car, the cartoon series, but here, here's a continuation in comic form kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe that would have worked. The thing that I am kind of screwy on here is there's a, it's, I forget which page it is. I think it's like, Page three, there's a picture of, there's a panel of Adam and Tila and Man-at-Arms and whatever. Adam's colors are not, his vest color is not dark enough. It's almost like old filmation. It's not pink, but it's Mm -hmm. not a dark enough red to me. And his sword should be the other way. It should be over his left shoulder, not his right shoulder, because in the entire series, he was left-handed with his sword. Hmm, I never noticed that. Yeah. Um, well, I think it would be a benefit for us because obviously diehard He-Man fans probably have access to this in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. I'm sure it's leaked onto the internet somewhere. But technically, this is on, like, you have to have the DVD-ROM. You have to have the DVD of this series in there. You have to have it in your computer. You have to be able to pull up the DVD-ROM drive mm-hmm. to open a file that has, has the, the comic. Yeah. Has the comic PDF. Yeah, it. So I'd like to at least somewhat kind of give like the cliff note what happens in this because nobody else is going to have a clue unless they're like I heard fans yeah. have access to this. So yeah. let me kind of go through this a little bit by a little bit. Um, so it starts off, um, which is the newly reformed Snake Mountain with Snake Mountain because Serpos has been back and banished Capture. back to his form back where he is now surrounding Snake Mountain, et cetera. Yeah. So we start there, and, and Skeletor is kind of, you know, bemoaning the fact that, you know, his his layer is still. We kind of saw this a little bit in the last episode. That's why I said, like, yeah, I get it. Could have been like foreshadowing to future episodes. I just wish mm-hmm. we would have got a little bit more Skeletor last episode. But this is kind of the combination of that, where he's upset about this and he's going to do something about it. Um, but basically, uh, King Hiss uh, is not around. Um, his he's headless. Um, yeah, that happened. I guess we didn't talk about that in the last episode, but King Hiss somewhat died in the last episode as somewhat, much as a snake yes. can. Yeah, I mean, so the thing is, is that um, King Hiss was taken out, so now Skeletor doesn't have that to worry about. So he's saying, you know, he's going to get his revenge on anybody else, you know, all the other snake men, et cetera, et cetera. We have Cobra Khan appearing, and he's seemingly switching his loyalty to Skeletor and saying that he can, uh, you know, he'll be loyal to him and he'll do what he needs to do, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's kind of how it starts. And then we go to a panel where we have man at arms kind of showing off the new snake prison. Um, we already had, this is, this is the part that gets me in this comic. And this is what rubs me the wrong way. Um, we've had a snake prison for most of the series because snake face or whatever you call him mm-hmm. 
um, that character has been imprisoned <laughs> the whole time without ever getting out. Right. Um, until the, you know, I get, I get at the end that we had Rattler got out, et cetera, et cetera. But for the most part, that was a pretty fail safe prison that seemed like it worked. Yeah. But now they need to redo it. So he's installed all these other things that are going to have snake sensors and are going to be able to detect cold blooded snake metabolism and any type of reptilian things. Like, so nobody's going to be able to come anywhere near to let them out. Um, it's all this type of different stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even though they already had an Eternium lined prison, they needed all this. And even if that doesn't work, it says that there are laser security grids. And obviously we're going to have light that comes in all the time because that's going to prevent uh, King Hiss from regenerating. So this is the first time that we're going to see that King Hiss isn't dead and that mm-hmm. there is a chance that he could like regrow his head, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to make it light at all times, which means in my mind that you're like setting something up where they're going to have to find a way to stop the light, make it dark. You know, the, I, w- I was thinking that's where it was going to go. Like the people were going to do different stuff to this prison to try to like shield the light or shield the light from the Royal palace area or whatever the case may be. That's not how they went. They went a different route, but <laughs> so we have all this, right. And he just, there's literally two, comic book pages dedicated to describing this new snake prison. Mm-hmm. Like we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight cells. Is that what they're called? Individual panels. Eight, yeah. The in, in individual panels. Yeah. That are talking about this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes to the snake man and they're talking about, Oh, you know, Skeletor took the bait from Khan, et cetera, et cetera. And then the evil warriors show up get on top of the snake dome prison thing, mm-hmm. cut a hole in it, mm-hmm. take the glass out, drop down through the laser field. Mm-hmm. We're talking about beast man as one of these characters. <laughs> Pick up snake face and King hiss and take them away. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're telling me that the stuff that was like the the shackles that King Hiss is entrapped in mm-hmm. are that easily undone. First of all, the lasers are that easy to repel down like your freaking Tom Cruise and, and not touch any of them and then pick up another human being body, you know, another snake body, carry it. Notice this snake has like five heads that are waggly all right. So beast man is going to carry King Hiss and all his snake heads mm-hmm. back up through the laser field never touching one not to mention the fact that no alarms go off when this place is broken to begin with when a hole is cut in it by trap jaw had an arms is like oh i built this to prevent snakes from breaking him out i never thought the evil warriors would break him out you, we just spent eight panels of you telling how this is like fort knox the hardest place to break in there's lasers there's all kinds of security yeah. things and it was this easy yeah i don't care who it was no. doing it it shouldn't have been that easy. So I have a big problem with that is the main jux of this. So then we have a prison break. They got King Hiss. They got Snake Face. They're going out. And then we have to have, you know, the, the Masters and He-Man are basically going to go off to try to stop it because they don't want King Hiss to come back to life. So we have quite a few panels there where it's the chase between He-Man and the Masters trying to track down mm-hmm. Triclops, Trapjaw, Beastman, Merman, and their and their their prize, you know, snake face and King Hiss. So, um, 
that's all fine. You know, the panels are fine for that. It shows some good action. I'm sure I could have seen this being in the cartoon, this part of it. Um, so all this is fine because we're finally getting evil warriors involved and mm-hmm. you know, the masters of evil warriors is what we kind of go for. Right. Well, ultimately the masters fail. Um, so the, the evil warriors get away with their prizes. And then we have, you know, Stratos and Mad at Arms and Tila and He-Man, et cetera, who are kind of, I guess, commiserating in their failure. And then yeah. Man at Arms just takes off. Yep. Like a renegade master of the universe. Yeah. He-Man actually has to order Stratos to go stop him. Mm-hmm. So I have a problem here, too. Because this is out of character. Like, I get Man at Arms is very stubborn, and he's his own person, and he does all these inventions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But when in 121 episodes covering multiple episodes of different series throughout the last eight to 10 years that we've been doing this, have we had men at arms single handedly go try to take on an entire force? Yeah. I mean, there have been times in the episodes where he's wanted to do so, but, and there's been times where he's been mad about his inventions not working and this, that, and the other. But dude literally with no discussion just takes off and is like, I'll just take on everybody myself. Yeah. Anyways, we go yeah. back to Snake Mountain. Skeletor's there. Beastman brings in King Hiss, who doesn't have a head still. And he leaves it up to Beastman to decide where he's going to put King Hiss. I do <laughs> like the fact that he says, oh, I can put you in a cage with the Serpentors because that Hey, mm-hmm. reference to a past episode mm-hmm. or the Ecto Eels or the Shadow Beast. So we're all getting those cool little things right there. Yeah. But he, of course, he has to mention that the Shadow Beast can only exist in total darkness. Mm-hmm. King Hiss is able to talk. So he says, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. You probably don't have somewhere where they can exist. So, of course, he throws him in the total darkness, which is then going to allow him to regenerate his head. His head. Yep. So then we have Beastman standing, you know, in the throne room, basically. And it's almost like they almost could have shown him being killed right there. Like I expected when he fell to have there be a knife in his back or something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Like the way that he just falls and King Hiss is standing behind him. Yeah. Um, he says, basically he gave him some of his venom. So then we have a battle between King Hiss and Skeletor. My favorite part of this is in the animation or in the cells, in the illustrations here. Mm-hmm. Um, King Hiss talks about, hey, you know, I used to live here, so I know everything about this. And he basically pulls down a part of the wall, and there is a staff behind it, a snake staff. Yep. Almost like a Havoc staff, but it's a snake version. Right. Is this the staff that the toy of Tila always, for some reason, has? I think so, when she becomes the goddess, because she, at some point in her future, becomes the goddess who... I was always confused as a kid. Because Tila yeah. always had the snake staff, yet I never saw her with a snake staff in the show. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just missed it. I mean, let's see her staff. Hold on. Let me see. But it looks almost identical to that. So that's what King Hiss is wielding, and he is going to use that to kind of battle with Skeletor and Skeletor's Havoc staff. And we have a pretty cool sequence of about, you know, three pages, uh, actually almost almost six pages where King Hiss and Skeletor are battling back and forth. And that part is very cool. Yeah. Because that's what we've been waiting cool. to see. Yeah. Um, there's a cool panel where Skeletor is grabbing King Hiss's foot while he's dangling over the, the cliff. Um, there's a lot of stuff dealing with like the lava. 
Mm-hmm. We have another instance where the snake man's skin can be molted off and then we don't have to worry about it. So that's kind of cool. Um, and ultimately King Hiss basically is, looks like he's about to get the better, uh, the better of him. We have evil Lynn who kind of interjects, mm-hmm. um, which is good. And then we have man at arms who comes in and interjects. So this whole battle has been going on. Multiple people have been coming in. we got snake men, we got evil warriors, and now we have man at arms involved as well. Um, Stratos is somewhat involved, but he kind of gets pushed to the side right away. And then we have a whole page where He-Man and Tila are basically like holding each other like lovers. Mm-hmm. It was kind of weird because she's got her hand on his chest, and I know it's just like a more of a comforting thing, like where he's just mm-hmm. trying to hold her. But it almost looks like they're husband and wife in that picture. Yeah, and there have been in other comics where they like the comics that Adas Baron and I have covered over on the pull bag. There have been a time where He Man and Tila were married, right? So um, I mean that. Yeah, it, makes it, sense. Yeah, kind of sorta. So Stratos comes back and informs him that he couldn't uh, help Man at Arms, and then we get the final page, which is Man at Arms and uh, King Hiss. King Hiss is telling him that he's going to create inventions and weapons and vehicles for him. He says, no, you're not. They kind of do a reference here because of the um, the uh, Fidian Spire, which we've seen before uh, somewhere along the way. And, you know, Man at Arms says, yeah, but you don't have the whatever, the other MacGuffin, the snake ring or something like that. Mm-hmm. And King Hiss says, yeah, but you've already been stabbed with this and you've already been a snake man, so I don't need it. So he stabs Man at Arms and Man at Arms becomes one of the snake men. Now, this goes back to when in the show they were snake people. Right, so, so now a snake person once again. Mm-hmm. And he says, yes, how may I serve you, my king? And then it has the end with a question mark. Yeah. What do you think? I I love the art. Art's I love good. the art. I love the colors. I love king Hiss looks better on this than he did in the show. He does. He does. I love the shadows of when he's in the darkness. I love the fact that they play up the, the, the whole Beast Man being a moron angle because most of the time Beast Man is a moron. He's not one of Skeletor's evil warriors that's going to come back and, and uh, right. you know, try to do smart things. Um, Evelyn is not here at all, is she? Yeah, she's, she comes in at one point and, and, and okay. uh, it's on page like 21 or 20 or something where she uses her power to stop uh, King Hiss one time. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right before Man at Arms comes in, but that's about all we see from her. Okay, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I see it now, yeah. I wish there was a little bit more time in this comic to show Skeletor's basic disapproval, uh, what I would hope would be venomous disapproval, no snake pun right. intended there, of Evelyn trying to bring back Hordak. Like, she basically all but besmirched Skeletor the last two episodes of the show. And then Skeletor just fades away in the show. And this comic doesn't even address that at all. And I I understand where they're going with it, but I don't think Man-at-Arms being turned back into a snake person should have been the cliffhanger. If this was supposed to be... And I know they're running off of Dean Steffen, his script, and like I said at the beginning of this, may the man rest in peace. I wish... This what like if we had one more like this was Dean's thing, but if they had done one more thing, or if somehow, some way, like I said, within the next 
two years, they come back and say, hey, we want to give you guys a true finale, whether Skeletor is defeated or not, even if it's a cliffhanger, but just a right. a better... F- I liked this more than I liked the last episode, but at the same time, I still See, wanted more from this. I think this could have been an episode five episodes ago or so, like where we had some of those other ones that seemed like it was just filler where it wasn't doing much. Mm-hmm. This yep. could have been one of those episodes that was leading towards that happened along the way of the snake man eventually getting to Serpos and whatnot that I would have been fine with. I think where they made the mistake was teasing Hordak and then not bringing Hordak in. Mm-hmm. That's where we wanted to go. We were done with the snake man. We've dealt with them for a while now, like have them yeah. have their climax, have Hordak take over as the new bad guy for what would eventually have been a new season. Even if we didn't get it, I would have rather stopped at that. Like yeah. I, that's where I wanted to go was more to the Hordak because then that also opens the door to Shira coming in. Eventually it, it just yep. opens up a lot of good stuff. So um, I forgot to mention, and I know this has nothing to do with what we're talking about right here, but I did notice that when I was looking at one of the cells of, of He-Man that we forgot to mention in our last episode, I didn't get to ask you a question I wanted to ask you, which was what did you think of the power sword opening up as it did in the final aired episode. There wasn't enough explanation for that. It's like it had an extra, extra amount of power once it opened up. Yeah. Somehow it got a new power. And whereas man at arms had a good explanation for getting snake, the snake armor, like he actually built the snake armor. I didn't see any, any explanation at all as to why He-Man's sword split open and some other snake gem something or other came out of it. And I... It was weird to me because... It was very weird. Like, it would have been different if it was like, oh, all of a sudden you can do something else that you didn't know you could do with a sword, but not, it like became a different sword. Yeah. <laughs> like, it had a different chemistry, not chemistry, different physical properties to it almost. I was like, where did this come from? But Yeah, it was very confusing. I like the idea that he could finally summon the, the, the true power of the elders and do stuff like that. I just thought it was weird the way that they did that with the sword, but right. that's another nitpick. But, um, so that's kind of episode 40, guys. So we end up with Man-at-Arms being a snake man. Yep. So, I mean, if I was grading this one, I'd probably be around a three. Um, if I'm yeah. grading the, the the visuals of the comic, I'd give it a four and a half, five maybe. Um, yeah. I would I'm, definitely... I'm right at like a three and a half or a four for the comic specifically. Yeah. I just think that there was a problem with the cell being so easily broken into. And I know that's getting yeah. hung up on plot point, but whatever. I just, that stuff bugs me. I really enjoyed the King Hiss and Skeletor back and forth which is the majority of the comics. So I get how that's good, but it's like, we basically have like the first couple pages, which explains how they get broken out. We have the majority of the comic that's dealing with their fight back and forth. And then we just have like the end right at the end where it's like, Oh, and man at arms is a snake man. So I feel like the beginning and the end could have been fleshed out differently. The middle, I have no problem with. So yep. I'd be three, three and a half somewhere in there. Um, and yeah, that's three and a half or a four. Yeah. We've exhausted everything we can talk about with the series outside of, uh, summarizing the whole series overall and giving our general thoughts on the series. Pretty much. This is, this is all we get. This is all we get. And next time around is when we'll do the He-Man 2002 recap where we've got our overall thoughts on the entire series. I'm sure we'll do like top five or top 10 favorite episodes. Or we'll do the thing that we've done. We'll do something yeah. similar to what we done with all the other series. As right. We right. Yeah. Yeah. So and then we'll let you know in that episode, what else uh, you can look for. We're not done with He-Man. No, we're not done. And, so we'll teach well, some stuff. 
Oh, we're kind of done with He-Man, but we're not done with He-Man. We'll tease some stuff. We're telling us that they're making a new series, so mm-hmm. they're going to keep the content coming, and they're going to keep us coming back. So, you know, I mean, I just had somebody say to me, uh, sent us a, uh, and this is a while ago. By the time this podcast will air, but somebody sent us a message through Facebook through the Geekcast Radio thing, asking us if more from the Command Center stuff was going to happen with the Power Rangers series with the current generation of the last three series and i'm like there's sort of a plan but i don't know when it's gonna happen kind of thing so hey right. you know as I long know as people done with uh the two series that were being planned for netflix i don't know yeah i like i said last episode i don't know if it's in last time's episode or not i might have said this to you off air i have no no clue what's going on with motu right now other than the fact that mattel is releasing the origins line for toys I have, like, as far as I saw, I've seen when I've actually looked, I think the Kevin Smith Netflix thing is on hold, and I think the um, the other movie thing, I don't know if it's in theaters. Well, there's two different series. Yeah, yeah, there. that's what I'm saying. The Kevin Smith thing and then the Noah Emmerich movie thing is two no, different No, 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 things. there's two different series plus the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, two different yeah, there's a Kevin Smith one, but then there's an all a whole different one as well um, series that's also being right. planned. So I just I'd have to do some research to see what happened with COVID and how it put stuff on hold or whatever. Because I know that we, they, we even had a voice cast for the Kevin Smith one already. Yeah, um, been cast as their characters, et cetera, et cetera. So um, we'll keep you in touch as stuff happens. But yep. And the last thing I want to bring up because they've been sitting on my computer this whole time that we've been recording this episode, last week's episode, and the two episodes before this Funko finally got the masters of it's they've had it back, but there was a time last year in 2019 or it might've been 2018 where it was like, Oh my God, Funko's going to lose the Motu license. And they lost it for a while, but they came back and brought in new stuff. I have a Prince Adam Funko pop. He looks just like filmation Prince Adam, pink, purple, white, uh, with his power sword. Very, very cool. And I actually had to grab this off eBay because some of the Funko does limited convention shared exclusives. So if you're going to something like Emerald city comic con out here in, in Seattle, Washington, and you go to, you get a con sticker on your pop, but it's also shared with something like GameStop or box lunch or hot topic or whatever. I went on eBay and I had to get, Slime Pit He Man. It's basically a trans trans. It's basically He Man in his classic filmation with the classic filmation sword, but it's translucent green plastic. It, it's it doesn't glow, but it's translucent green plastic. He's all in green. The sword's in green. He's got red eyes. It's so friggin' cool. I love it. Excellent. Yes. All right. So how can people keep in touch with us, and what do they got to do to comment? Oh boy, there's lots to do, folks. You guys have homework. Uh, thank you for listening as we are the Powers of Grayskull series podcast here on the GeekCast Radio Network. If you'd like to get in t- contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website geekcastradio.com where you can comment on this and all of our other episode posts. Please do so. Here are all the ways you can listen to us nowadays. Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our, of course, the home where our files exist, Spreaker. You can also use any other podcasting client you choose, but I personally prefer you use one of those. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. As of this recording, there have been no new iTunes reviews. Come on, people. Leave us a review. 
We're back. Give us something. Exactly. We're giving you free content here. You can leave us a free review. It doesn't cost you anything. It's not like we're charging people 99 cents or $1.29 per podcast episode. <laughs> Man, I wonder if the downloads would increase if we did do that. Not that we can't. Stop it. <laughs> give us money. I don't want you money. Give us money. We give I'm you fine. stuff. I'm fine with interaction. <laughs> Me too. Speaking of interaction, follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio is the network. Twitter at Pal Grayskull is the show. I am at TFG and Mike. What is your Twitter? At Optimus Solo. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast radio network. We hope you enjoyed the Grayskull goodness and wish you'll join us in our next adventure when we will be recapping the 2002 Mike Young Productions He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. For now, I am TFG and Mike with the one and only Optimus Solo. By the power and for the honor of Grayskull, we have the power. What you doing, He-Man? Practicing. Why? You're He-Man. You're the best. And practice helps me stay that way, Orko. You learn your lessons, and you put them into action. That's the key to success. Gotta go. Where to? Gotta practice my magic. Until next time. 